We're back with another episode with Allison McGuire here on Meredith with Why. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about today, so you can be as surprised as me. So here we go. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Thank you, Allison, for, I guess, bringing the heat today. We'll see what you come up with because that's kind of your your thing here in this. Yeah. Surprises around every corner. I never know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I was thinking like, okay, what are we going to talk about today? What haven't we talked about? And kind of alluded to this a little bit the other day, but I've just been thinking about you and what you're doing up there at the lake house. And I feel like what you're doing is number one, no small feat. And number two, I wonder if some of your listeners know what you're doing because you share a lot on Instagram, but the people that maybe just follow you from a podcast standpoint, like let's break it down for them on what's going, what's going down at the island. That is actually a great topic. So thank you because I'm here right now. I'm on the island. So November 4th, my husband and I bought a property in Southwest Michigan, and it is 20 acres. Two roughly of those acres are on a self-contained island. So we we own the entire island, which sounds crazy, but it's it's just like, you know, a yard, so to speak. It just happens to have water all the way around it. The house was built by the grandfather. So there were three generations on this property and it was built by hand by the grandfather and every single cinder block that the house was built by was brought over by him and everyone called him crazy. And honestly, over the past six or so months, I have to agree with them because like right now I'm watching one of the guys helping me carry wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of dirt to flatten the ground because it's, you know, wavy. The ground's wavy and I want it to be flat. Every single thing has to be brought over um, an 88-foot bridge, footbridge. And I'm pretty sure that the bridge is original because it is on its last legs. So we'll be doing some repairs to that. But I have been watching this property for about four years now, roughly, because we own a house across the lake and it's in like my direct sight line. So I can see this property from our other place. And uh, it went up for sale and the daughters wanted to sell it. The mom had passed away that owned the house and the dad went into an assisted living like facility so they couldn't take care of it. And the daughters live all over the place. And it is a humongous project. And there's absolutely, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say in hindsight if I would have taken on this project had I known. I don't know. Because everything is complicated. Like literally everything is hard. And I think when you say, right, so like let's break this down for people that haven't had any sort of visual (laughs) of the the amount of work that this project is entailing. I mean, we are talking... There are multiple houses and dwellings and structures and barns on the island. The logistics of getting things over an island, like you said, I mean, it's like 
original wacky heating units. Not only did you have to like, are you basically taking everything down to like, I don't want to say the studs because you're not necessarily doing that, but you're doing plumbing, you're doing electric, you're doing, you're redoing every building inside and out, light fixtures, like everything. And not only that, there's multiple buildings. It's not just one. So like, this is a huge project and it is the logistics of having something on an Island are completely different than just being able to like drive up and unload a pickup truck or a dump truck or a, you know, a piece of equipment, like everything has to be done by hand. And I think it's (laughs) an incredibly huge project and you also had to empty the whole thing. So not only did you have to like redo everything that was there, you had to empty, like you took it with as is, where is with all the stuff in it. When we got here the first weekend, you know, we got the keys. I think it was like maybe noon on a Friday. And by, I think it was Sunday maybe, or maybe it was all day Saturday. My husband had walked 20 miles back and forth, back and forth. Cause I, as I was clearing the buildings and putting everything out on the like the lawn he was then putting it into a cart and carting it over to the mainland again across an 88 foot bridge and you know over and over and over again you know like there was the one time my favorite memory I walked into the one building and all of this can be found on my social media. It's at Meredith underscore Willits on Instagram and Meredith Willits 34 on Facebook or Turtle Bay Island on uh, TikTok. So there's the main house, which is a four bedroom ish, uh, two full bath, family room, dining room, kitchen, laundry room area on. That's the main house, which I am sitting in right now. And then there are two, what I call like outbuildings, which are the original buildings to the property. So those are uh, those original two cabins, if you will, um, which are one room sheds for a better word. And um, those those are around 1900. The main house, like I said, is 1939. There is a boathouse that I don't know the age of, which is grandfathered into the uh, this lake because you're not allowed to build them anymore. You just pull your boat right into this garage, which is partially under, you know, like underground, which is super cool and I love so much. And then there's a barn. It's also made out of cinder block. Everything except for the outbuildings are made out of cinder block, which is a whole nother problem. And that is probably... Also, early 1900s, it was originally used as a um, auto repair shop. So there was a, you know, an oil change bay built into the ground, which we have since filled, which I got so much shit on social media that we filled it with cement. But it was a hazard. The walls were caving in. Everything that I do or change is either for safety or because there's structural, structural, structural is that the word? Structural. Structural <laughs> issues <laughs> that it can't be saved. Believe me when I tell you, if I could just leave everything the way it is and slap some paint on it, I would be there in a minute. But unfortunately, a lot of these issues, like our dock had to be completely torn down. It had this really cool metal um, diving board platform. And at the very, then above that platform was another platform just to, I guess, sit on, I don't know. And it was all metal and just covered in like 
pokey metal pieces yeah silver paints and I mean there's a lawsuit waiting to happen you know like diving board it's not even that deep there I don't, I don't know what but so then there's the barn and then there's another small caretaker's cabin which is basically like a studio apartment cabin which I was super excited to save I had my guys in there they're like yeah it needs a new floor needs a new roof and then I walked him around to the front of the cabin and showed him. I'm like, there's this really weird window. Like, let me show you. And they're like, yeah, it's tear down. <laughs> like in one second, it went from 12 grand to make it new to complete and utter tear down. They're like, the entire front wall is rotted. Because oh. it was like the Again, elements uh... could get in between the wall, front, front outside wall and the window. So like... That so there's all these buildings. I'm trying to preserve them. The one cabin house um, I wanted to make into a bunkhouse is one side of it is settling about six inches lower than the front of it. So that has to be jacked up, praying that the building will stay intact because it is early 1900s. Just so people know, that's where the term jacked up comes from. <laughs> Literally. In case you were wondering. Yeah. When something's jacked up, you know, and you got to jack it up. Yeah. Funny. This literally needs jacked up. And, you know, when people look at it, they're like, uh, I want no part of it. And that's one thing, you know, like we are in a very rural area of Michigan. It is very seasonal for work here. People are used to working very seasonally and it is hard to find, it is hard to find people to help. What's um, the season? So because of all the lakes, you know, most people oh, are, season, yeah, most people are going to be here during the summer up North, you know, you have more of like the ski resorts and such mm -hmm. um, fun fact, Michigan, I think I read has the second most winter ski resorts in the country. Very weird. I know. Wow. There, and there is so much to do here. Like, you know, we're going to be airbnb this place. There's wineries everywhere and breweries. There's a, what is that called? Um, a vineyard literally right behind our property. There are hops farms all around. There's tons of antiquing. Lake Michigan is 20 minutes away. Um, there's five lakes, six lakes, like right where I'm at right now. And obviously I'm on a lake. So there's like tons to do here. We have kayaks. We have, you know, it's all the things, right? It's all the things. Do you still have the boat? So the boat is still in the boathouse. We did not know. I did not know that there was a boat in the boathouse. Apparently, while we were signing our papers, someone told Jim, and I am always like flaking out. Someone told Jim, oh, yeah, there's. I guess there's a boat in the boathouse. But when I came and looked at the property, okay, so I came and looked at it by myself first. And I only went in the house, the two outbuildings, and the barn. I did not go in the small cottage, and I did not go in the boathouse. Didn't seem like it was necessary. It wasn't going to make a difference to me about those. I don't even know if we had the keys to them. And so when we went in there, I had no idea that there was going to be a boat at all because there originally was a small boat in the barn, and when we came, that was gone. They had someone had taken it. I guess the daughter had given, I don't know, someone had access anyways to, you know, the property from the time I looked at it till the time that we got the keys. So the clothes in the mom's closet were gone. Then the boat in the barn was gone and a couple other things. But for the most part, everything was here. Oh, I forgot. 
I was telling a story about my my one of the outbuildings. So um, let me go back to that really quick because I just remembered. So when we were clearing out those little cabins, these one room cabins, the first weekend that we had the keys, which was so exciting. Like we were so excited. We had no idea what we were for that time. At that time, it was like, everything's great. We just need to put down paint and new floors. Like life is so easy. Since we've got into bathrooms, we've, you know, the whole thing. So I'm in this cabin clearing out decades. When I say decades of stuff from water skis to cabinets filled with 4th of July decorations and tools and you name it. And so they had like this like rafter area a little, you know, like into like towards the ceiling and they had all their water skis stored there. So I'm pulling all the water skis down and I get an entire face and head full of mouse poop. Oh my gosh. The whole face full down the front of my clothes, in my hair, all over my face, covered in mouse poop that this mouse had decided to use a ski boot, a water ski boot as its home. And, and like, that's literally like, I am not phased by bugs. I am like found dead birds under boxes. How did dead birds get under a cardboard box? I do not know. Dead mice. I mean, you name it. I am just like, whatever at this point, like what, like I am just immune to like all of it because it's kind of glorified camping. Like we haven't had water here since um, November 4th. And like, I literally, if I have to go to the, you know, number one, I just go outside, like I'll find like the most secluded area. I used to go in the bushes and trees, but we cut those down. So now I have to like hide next to a boathouse or behind the RV. Like it's, it's, it's over. I mean, I am feral. I am feral at this point. Let's back up and talk about that because not only have you purchased this and you, you know, obviously you've been cleaning things out. You are you are in it. You are sleeves rolled up, jackhammering, oh, yeah. working alongside of the people that you are working with there. Do you want to tell that story and how that came to be and like how long you've been up there and all of that? So in the beginning, we called a couple construction companies and they were like a year out for any type of work at all. It was, you know, we can get to you in a year. And, you know, we bought this as an investment property and also like for us to use, but we need to make money off of it and we need to make money off of it sooner than later. So waiting a year and paying the mortgage without any rental income is just not feasible for us. And so I got a referral from someone and this, you know, the referral was a person that they knew and had done some work for them. And so he came out and was staying at our one property and To say I was naive and trusting is an understatement because I couldn't be here because he was staying in our property. um, We were going by, you know, photos and videos and trust. And he completely swindled us like for thousands and thousands of dollars, like almost, you know, probably almost $20,000 what had happened is he was saying that he needed help carrying stuff back and forth across the island from like laborers, you know, like $15 an hour guys. And I'm like, sure, you know, like, I get that. I don't want you shopping. I don't want you schlepping. I want you working and accomplishing things. And so um, he found some guys around the area here that were willing to do kind of like hourly labor. 
And as the weeks progressed and the checks were written and people are like, God, you're that's so stupid. Why wouldn't you check on him? Well, the thing of it was is stuff was getting done, albeit slowly. Stuff was getting done. But in hindsight, once we found out and talked to the one main guy that was helping him, he was doing, the other guy was doing all the work. So every time we would come up, anything that was done, our main guy hadn't done it. And the only thing that he did do after he was fired um, had to be completely torn out because it leaked and it was a faulty, it it wasn't done right. So the only thing I really felt like I got out of him had to be completely removed. And that, that, that stung, you know, that really stung. I trusted him and I really thought that he was uh, taking care of my family and our property and we were paying him a ton of money to do so. And he wasn't doing anything. He just was like, (laughs) he thought he was just kind of like, I don't know, man about town. So that took me a while to get over that anger and frustration, but I found some other people that have been helping and teaching me um, who are very kind and honest. But that said, I have now been here for basically seven weeks going home, you know, like on weekends alone. And, you know, when the guys go home at three o'clock, four o'clock, I'm here by myself. And that has been needed because I'm exhausted at the end of the day. But it's also been very contemplative time. And it's uh, it's been quiet. It's been very quiet. Lots of lists made in my head, you know, of what needs to be done, you know, and uh, which is probably good. But, you know, my husband is at home in Chicago, you know, and the reason we weren't coming up when the first guy was here is we lived two hours away, you know, so I thought it was being handled. I thought I was in good hands. I thought it was being taken care of. And it's a two-hour drive, so in between my kids' activities and sports and all the things, it seemed like I didn't need to come up, and I couldn't have been more wrong. And and the the, the kiss of death was I said, look, we need these three d- things done by the time we come up in two weeks. And uh, the other guy who had been doing all of the work the whole time was out of town. Mm. And so he wasn't able to do those things. So the guy was pretty much exposed that he hadn't done anything in those two week period of time because his quote helper wasn't there to do all of it. So that's how he was exposed. And I said, you know, he had to go home anyways, back to his family. And I just said, Hey, you know, uh, make sure and take everything with you just in case, you know, I don't want any other workers or my kids getting into your things. So fortunately, he took everything with him. And then I made a phone call to him and went through all of the issues. And I was actually really proud of myself for confronting him and being honest and, you know, saying like, I I, I know what you did. And uh, so, you know, it's been it's been a lot of challenges. It's been a lot of growth. It's been a lot of physical and mental and emotional expansion and work when you're in something that is so loud and so quiet at the same time, you're left, you know, I've been left with my own thoughts quite a bit and my own growth, my own challenges, physical challenges, you know, like you wake up in the morning and it's like, wow, I am 50 years old. (laughs) You know, like It's like, oh, I used a jackhammer for three hours last night. And now I know where my shoulders and neck muscles are. You know, now I know where every muscle is in my body. So, you know, it's a little 
jarring to go, wow, that that's physically hard for me. You know, like that was the 65 pound jackhammer that every time you make it through, like, obviously it does the work for you. You still have to pick up 65 pounds and get it to a new spot, you know, and then it would get stuck. And then I have to ask for help because the jackhammer is stuck in the concrete. Can you come over and help me? And everyone's been so kind and gracious and then, you know, to help, but it's, it's sobering, you know, and, and speaking of sobering, you know, with COVID and post COVID and having absolutely nothing to do, I think I got in a pretty decent habit of probably drinking way too much. You know, oh, it's dinner time. I'll have a glass of wine with cooking. I'll have a glass of wine with dinner. Friends come over, we'll drink a bottle or two of wine or, you know, tequila and lemonade and blah, blah, blah. Like everything's a party. And since I've started this project, I can tell you that that has completely ended. There's there's no need to create something out of nothing. There's no need to create a party. There's physical work, there's mental exhaustion, there's emotional exhaustion, and there's crashing on the couch. There's, there's, there's been a huge transformation of self-empowerment and recognizing that I was, I don't even know what the word is. I was, I was creating energy in a space where there was none, you know, and I hate to say that because I know I have to go back to the suburban life when I'm done here, but my desire is to go back to it in a very different way because eventually this project will be done and it will be rented out and we will probably have a, you know, a manager that property manages it. So like, they're going to check them in, check them out, cleaning the It's not like I'm going to be here every week. Mm-hmm. And I have to go back to baseball games and softball games and volleyball games and driving and grocery shopping, you know, and my family. And honestly, it's um, I, 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 I don't know how. I, I feel like I'm going to need another project because yeah. there's just so. This experience is like. like the best way to experience life. You know what I mean? Like every day there's four pounds of dirt under my nails. You know, I go to bed physically and mentally so tired and accomplished and creative, you know, as I move through the house, it's like, you know, even if it's something as stupid as making a list for Menards and thinking of the things that I need and the design and what I want to put there and how I can use those water skis as art and, telling the guys what needs to be done today. You know, I'm basically in charge of a five guy team. You know, even though they're giving me feedback, I'm still the one directing traffic. You know, the other day it was very obvious. I went to get everybody subway so they don't leave for lunch and never come back. And as we're standing in the bar and everyone's just kind of standing around eating their subway with, their sandwiches on pieces of wood and furniture and like it's just haphazard and I was just like looking around and there's all these grown men and me you know and it was kind of like this realization of I really didn't think about myself as a woman until that moment I was felt like I was part of a team and then for whatever reason in that moment I was like these are all guys that are helping you and like they're all listening to you and 
you know, and I do know a lot of women in my town where I live that are in, you know, they're construction, they're in construction and they own construction companies. And it just felt really, I don't know, it felt, I don't even want to use the word powerful. It felt like capable. I felt really capable in that moment. And so, yeah, it's, it's been huge. Um, There's days that I have asked myself, why in the hell did I take this on? I had a perfectly good life before this project, but I know it's part of my journey. I know it's part of my path. I'm going to be using it not only as Airbnb, but I'm also going to be hosting retreats for clients and people that want to be a part of this experience and mindfulness and, you know, yoga and sound bowls and, you know, kayaking and whatever else people want to do here that, you know, during retreats. Yeah. So I feel like you touched on something that is, I don't know if it's in the air right now. I don't know if it's something that I'm experiencing too. So it feels like it's in the air, but I feel like it's something that's happening right now where, there's what you call like a pause or a space between or a transition or just quieting, like a quieting that you're experiencing when you're there. Because it's, it might sound counterintuitive because when you think about all of the things you're doing, you're so active and you're so tired at the end of the day. But it's like a pause from the mental busyness or the disconnectedness. Like, Because I feel like what you're doing, you're so you're so in it because you have to focus, right? Like when you're holding a 65 pound jackhammer, you can't let it hit you, hit your foot or hit the wrong thing, right? Like you have to be so present, which is like a completely different thing. I think then we're all used to, and, you know, you talk about sort of your other life, right? Like your suburban (laughs) family life where it's like, okay, I'm always like, kind of mentally somewhere else, right? And here you've had this quiet time and you started by using the word, you know, contemplative, which I think is probably such a good word for that. And you've been in it. And I think the fact that you've been in it has, I think everyone can relate to being to being so present and like what when stuff falls away, when like, I even said this to you yesterday, like when that sort of, addiction of busyness is gone, you are left with yourself and your feelings and your present moment. And it's such a sobering experience. And to have done that for seven weeks, I feel like this has to be a transformative experience that you're going through. And I just, I would love to talk a little bit about that, about your experience and like what that has been like and what just that, I guess that feeling of kind of everything else falling away in a sense and you being just being able to be with yourself. And like you said, the the drinking thing, like that's huge. All of that is huge. It's huge. And as you were sitting there talking, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my suburban life, right? And I live in a very upscale community. And, and I'm saying that for a reason, because, you know, just getting up in the morning in my town, it's, the shoes, the belt, the jeans, the hair, the makeup, the jewelry, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a part of that existence, right? The car and the social life. Are we going to lunch? Are we doing dinner? Are we having drinks? Are we, you know, are we going to, uh, I just got invited to a pool party, you know, back in, in June coming up. So it's very much this social experience 
that is very on point, on point, right? And that comes with a lot of drinking. Um, It comes with a lot of showing up in a certain way. And I'm also that person. Like, I don't, I don't want to mince words here. Like I can do that and I can do it well. And it's fun to do that. Like it is a fun check out. Like it is like, it's almost like being on stage in a sense. (laughs) And then also the, the busyness of the suburban mom of, I have to drive here and I have to pick up and it's the carpools and it's the, you know, the, the grades and the, this, you know, like there's a lot of energy surrounding the busyness of the suburban household. Yeah. Um, the complaining of no time for dinner or how you're never home or how your kid is doing X, Y, Z in sports or their extracurricular activities or, you know, um, whatever. And I am not saying that there's not value in all of that. You know, I see the value of the self-worth that my kids get for being on a team and for having teammates and for being successful in school and having friends and the pickups and drop-offs and sleepovers and all of that. Again, not negating that. But I will tell you that it these things that I'm referencing can't help but take you out of yourself. They are noise, you know, and it might be very powerful. It might be very useful, but it does not lend too much awareness of yourself. It doesn't lead to a lot of growth because you're always 20 steps ahead of yourself. And and when you're not inside of yourself, when you're not grounded, when you're not present, when you're just busy all the time doing. Yeah. Instead of being. Yeah. When you're always doing, I, I feel like you kind of lose your mind a little bit, you know, which is probably why so many women in their 40s, 50s and 60s are alcoholics and looking for something. And uh, I think that what I'm creating here, especially with the retreats, I think it's going to give women, especially, the opportunity to get dirty. Because a lot of the things, and get present and get back to self, a lot of the things that I do here at the island in a day as I'm doing them, and this isn't because I'm special, this isn't because I'm patting myself on the back, it's an observation, as I'm doing the things in the bugs and the mice and the dirt and the whatever, the heaviness, the hard work, you know, I, I think to myself how many friends that I have that wouldn't even consider doing that thing that I'm doing in this moment because they believe it's less than them. It's beneath them. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, because again, the suburban housewife lends to a gardener, a landscaper, a lawnmower, a house cleaner. Like that's that's my life when I go back. I don't cut my own lawn. I don't edge my boy. I don't I don't do any of that. I have a cleaning lady. Okay. Like <laughs> admittedly, I am admitting these things. I am all of these people. But over the last seven weeks, I haven't had that here in a sense. You know, yesterday. <laughs> elbow deep in a bathtub covered in grout and paint and God knows what cleaning a tub. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm in it. And I'm here to say that, you know, getting dirty, putting on a pair of, you know, rain boots and walking in the rain and getting muddy and not caring, 
caring about makeup or hair or what you're wearing or being cute. Um, you don't have to create anything inside of that space. Nothing needs to be created. You know, what's so interesting as you're talking, what I'm thinking is, you know, we think of people who are doing quote unquote more than us as kind of expanding us, right? Showing us what's possible. But what I was thinking when you were just saying that is you've been expanded by way of that. Mm-hmm. Like we don't think of expansion as when we think, like you said, you, you think of doing manual labor as less than, right? right? You don't think of being expanded. And when I say the word expanded, what I mean is showing you what's possible, showing that you too can do X, Y, and Z things that you didn't think were possible. Typically when people look for expanders, you're thinking of those expanders as, you know, some high falluting achievement. Taking your but class, like, going to Bali, whatever. It could be anything, right? It could some, be yeah, anything. Something yeah. typically powerful, high dollar, whatever, right? But what if we looked at expansion and as growth in in all of the things, right? Like, so you're going through this expansion process by way of getting your, getting your hands dirty and being so in it, which is such a beautiful thing because like, what feels better than that? Like the, the, just that process of like growth and expansion, like not that it can't be painful at times, but like there's a fulfillment that comes with that, that is really unmatched. I think, you know, like they say the, the way to build kids confidence is to like, let them do things and let them fail and let them find their own achievements so that they feel like, wow, I did that. Right. I feel like that's, that's kind of the, the same thing in an adult level of this expansion piece. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that you're able to experience. Now, I'm sure most people listening to this kind of, you know, obviously know what you do, know you're a medium, know that you can, you know, check in with spirit and and do, and, you know, are psychic and can do all of these other amazing things. So when you check in kind of, and you look at that space and you look at, you know, you going through this, because I feel like this is like, you know, this is a poignant situation in your life. Like this is a big thing. It's a big rock. When you look at that, what do you feel like the lesson is? What do you feel like the purpose is for where you're at right now in this sort of pause space? The only thing that I can think of is a stripping away of ego. I feel like it's a falling away, recognizing how and when and with whom I want to spend my time, recognizing that I am more than the sum of my parts or the parts I'm, um, and we all are, you know, I, I guess to stop believing the bullshit to also, you know, I got about six more years and, you know, two more years, Brock will be in high school. So I'll have all high schoolers and, and out of housers. And I think that it's redirected and pivoted me to a new passion I didn't know I had. But I, I really feel like it's redirecting me to center to my center to my like true north mm. and and also allowing me to recognize that I can be all of the things and that showing up in all of the ways and not putting myself in a box ever and i think that's super important because i think that so often we feel that because we like you know, fancy vacations and champagne, champagne by the pool that we can't also then be a hundred other different 
facets of the whole. And the other thing I've learned is to ask spirit for help. When I can't find something in the barn that I need, I literally, or in the house, I literally just ask the homeowners who are not living anymore. You know, I'll be like, all right, I need a bungee cord. Please direct me. Or where did I put that thing? Or where is a, a bolt that I need? And like every single time I'm, I feel like called to a corner of the room or into a cupboard or whatever. So I've learned to literally ask for help because I have no one to ask for help so often that I've leaned into the spiritual asking for help. And it does work, P.S., which I've never really done that before so much. So it's kind of a new thing for me, which I'm enjoying. When you were called to that, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? Like that was kind of the message that came through to you. And it was like, don't compartmentalize this part of yourself. Like, let it be all of you in every day authenticity be authentic you know and and that's kind of i think it's really fun it it makes you a complete person that can have conversations you know like now that i've had this experience i can talk to people that are investors or realtors or airbnbers or concrete pourers or jackhammer workers or carpenters or plumbers like i can have all of these different conversations by way of this experience of experiencing and doing. And I'm working with these two guys who are 24 and 26 um, and a couple other guys as well. And they they pull me, they're like, just so you know, you're doing the jackhammer today. Like, I'm gonna show you how to use it and then you're gonna do it. I'm like, I'm in. You know, and I, I've said on here before, I love 20 year olds because they're open. They're, they don't have, you know, they, they haven't, Oddly, they don't put me in 50-year-old woman box. They see me as an equal. And it's it's so beautiful. Like they they don't see me. Like they'll text me at nine o'clock at night and be like, What are you doing? Like, how how's your night going? You know, it's like, bro, I just saw you like three hours ago. And like, yeah, but I'm just checking in, you know. Um and they invite me to learn, you know, and I think that being seen by different generations, by the opposite sex, by people seeing you as being capable and also applying yourself so that people don't think, oh, she's not going to want to do this. He's not going to want to do that. Being involved, getting your hands dirty, being a participant. Like the last couple of days I've spent in the house organizing the island house and the guys are outside working and I just keep bringing boxes out and bags of garbage and more boxes to go to Goodwill. And it's like, I'm in here. I'm not out there with you putting plywood on the roof, um, but I'm still in here elbow deep in, in cleaning and organizing and moving boxes and doing all the stuff, you know, like to participate alongside of someone, be it your child, your partner, um, your friends, there's a lot of value in not being hands off. I would, I would, I would beg you all to be hands on mm-hmm. in everything that you do. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. And it's, I can relate to that too, because so I'm in real estate and we have a bunch of rental properties. And I, I think I told you one time, it was a time where I was so busy at work and feeling really just like, unfulfilled and pulled into a funky direction that I didn't, I wasn't happy with, but I wasn't making changes. And I remember the one time, I think it was like actually this time last year, because our, our rentals turnover around this time of year, Mm. I was 
in one of our student rentals, like literally scrubbing, scrubbing student rental toilets. Like Mm -hmm. how sexy does that sound? (laughs) And I could not have been more happy because I was doing something next to my husband that was ours. Like it was our thing. We were together in it. We were doing it together and we were so, I was so in it. And I just felt like, it's going to sound goofy, but I don't know how else to say it. Like, I just felt like this is real life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not pretending I'm not doing something for someone else. I'm not like, I'm doing something that I genuinely really care about that I feel really inspired to do with my, and when I say I'm doing like not cleaning the toilet exactly, but like, you know, moving, moving this property forward, like for our family and, you know, just to, to be so connected to what I was doing, even though the actual task I was doing, wasn't something I would say like, Oh, I love cleaning toilets. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So it's just, it's so interesting when you're so like in the zone and you're so connected into like a purpose, even if, even if the actual activity that you're doing doesn't seem like what you think you would want to do when you're so connected in with a purpose. I feel like that's where you get, you get that feeling, you know, you get that feeling of just like the accomplishment and the, like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, but what matters is, you know, what I'm working towards. And I think that's such an amazing thing. And like for you to be in it now, I mean, I just keep thinking about you because I'm like, wow, like seven weeks, like, okay, yeah, it's one thing to say, like, I did this weekend job and it was, and, and like, you know, I helped like do this little project, but like you have been in it for seven weeks. Like, yeah. Then I I go home and do laundry and pay the bills at my own house and catch up there, visit my family, go to the games, this, you know, softball and baseball games and dive in over there and then pack the car back up with, you know, all my vitamins and vital proteins and, you know, all, you know, all the stuff I need for the week. I, I grocery shop, um, via Instacart, usually from the sidelines of a softball game or a baseball game, and then have it delivered to, um, my hometown house, pack up my groceries and then bring them here because it's, it's, it's kind of a distance to go grocery shopping here. Um, so I just, get everything delivered to that house. They get what they need. I pack up what I need and head back up here. This week, I brought Hadley, my dog, which is for some reason making me emotional because I've been so lonely. And my mental health was really struggling last week. I don't know why I'm getting upset. Um, Probably because it's hard. You know, it's hard. And sometimes it's scary. And uh, to have no one to talk to and which is stupid because I talk to people for a living, but I don't talk about myself. You know, I don't I don't have anyone to care about up here when everyone goes home and uh, she's sitting right next to me. She's a turd. And uh, it gives me someone to <laughs> I don't know, like to be concerned about, get myself out of my own uh, self-concern, I guess. And she's she's definitely helped so like if you know someone that's sitting at home by themselves call them because being lonely is tough and uh you know go out to lunch with them because when you get inside your own head you only have yourself to think about and that can be uh, a lot so this week i brought the dog um this week is the first week i'm staying on the island 
um, which is very isolating in a beautiful way. Being a single woman here, it can be a little intimidating. I don't have neighbors to call out, you know, if I need something. And so, you know, having a little guard dog, so to speak, that hears everything has been great. And also, like I said, someone to bitch at and, uh, you know, have as a partner walking around the house has been really helpful. But yeah, it's been, um, it's been quiet. Yeah. It's been quiet. I usually can't sleep very long in the morning because my head starts going of all the things I want to accomplish in a day. So I'm usually up between five and six, you know, so before most people are getting out of bed, I've had four hours of my day. And the stress, the stress is a lot, you know, the finances and this has to work. You know, we basically have given um, all of our savings to this project and, you know, it's, it's basically like I'm starting a business, you know, this is an investment into a business. So if someone out there is like, I invested $200,000 into this business, it's like, yeah, this is a business Mm -hmm. that I'm investing in and there's a lot of stress involved everything needs to be purchased. You know, today I went through and I'm like, okay, you need a toothpaste, you know, a toothbrush holder, you need trash bags, you need pillows, you need like every, I I just spent a thousand dollars on just on pillows and sheets, just pillows and sheets with thousand dollars, you know, like everything has to be purchased. Every drop of soil, every, you know, a bit of grass seed, every piece of wood. Fortunately, we are finding like wood and so on and so forth, but like it all has to be purchased. It has to be thought through. It has to be um, gauged. Is that a need or is that a want? Is that going to have a return on investment? And, you know, also the, the being away from my family, um, what's the return on investment? You know, like there, there has to be, in my mind, you know, this is part of my legacy is this property now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I will leave to my family, something that hopefully they will enjoy or make money off for, you know, decades to come. And I know that for whatever reason, and, you know, the retreats, I know that that'll be part of my legacy too, is being able to host retreats here with people and change lives. But I know that this is a part of my path and journey that is pretty profound in in whatever way is yet to be seen but it's it's been um it's been quiet and a lot of the noise has that i've filled my life with has fallen away and i think that that you know it, and you know how they say when you go on a week vacation it takes 2 days to just calm down to be present enough to enjoy your vacation yeah I'll tell you seven weeks is seven weeks. You're there. (laughs) Yeah. You have arrived. And then some, you have arrived in seven weeks into presence. And, uh, if you ever have the opportunity to take that time, kind of time, you know, like sometimes I don't know if you've ever heard, but, uh, they say when men retire very often, they pass away shortly thereafter because they don't have that buzz. They don't have that thing to live for. And, I can tell you that that probably happens at around seven weeks after (laughs) because it's like now you know that you're alone. Now you know who you are. Now the the you has shown up. The buzz is gone. The vacation is gone. 
and um, it's very powerful. It's very I powerful. Think, I think this topic is so powerful and so important today in where we are in our in our society because I feel like we're being shown, you know, that's what COVID was all about, like <laughs> amongst other things, but like showing us that when things slow down, like how, what life can look like. Like we, I feel like we've been given just like a glimpse behind the curtain with COVID, just like a glimpse, like, Hey, this is what it can be like. Do you want that? Yeah. As a society, like, do you want that as a, as a, in, you know, your personal life, what do you want that to look like? And it's funny. I was actually just this morning on my, on my ride around to get everybody where they needed to go listening to a podcast. And they were talking about the, especially women and the addiction of busyness and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that we have put on ourselves between being a mom. And if you work, you know, that stress, and then all of the things to where there is no time. And then when you find the time, it's the conversation you and I were having yesterday, when you find the time, you try to fill it back up because it is so uncomfortable to feel like you have this space you feel like you should be accomplishing things or filling it with stuff that we never stop to feel our feelings. Mm-mm. We never stop to like actually check in with ourselves and figure out what the hell is going on. And often we don't do that because when we start to, it's really fucking painful. Yeah. Like so fucking painful. So I think like, no, I guess, you know, if, if you're listening to this, like number one, no, you're not alone. If you're feeling that way and you're going through it, the quiet is really hard, but it's also the opportunity to feel your feelings and to work through things as well. You know, there's gotta be the balance, right? Like there's gotta be the balance between having the time and space to feel your feelings and then the connection and, you know, the movement of life too. Like we need to find a space where we can have and do both. But we're so, I think as a society, we've leaned so far into the production and the busyness and how that, you know, just consumerism and capitalism and and all of that. And, and that's needed, right? For the capitalist society, for us to, to be that way. That we've forgotten about being. You know, it's so funny. They're showing me right now. They're showing me like laying in the grass, lay in the grass and like be uncomfortable, have the urge to get up and stop laying in the grass, have that urge to be done laying in the grass and move past that and move past it even more. And the the thoughts of, okay, this was enough. All right, this is dumb. All right, I don't need to do this anymore. Okay, I'm bored. Okay, it's time to go. And all of these thoughts are going to come up as you lay in the grass and move past that and move past that. And you're getting to the fifth week and you're getting to the sixth week in your mind's eye of laying in the grass and having the urge and stay in the grass laying there with your eyes closed in the sun or in the evening, whatever it is, whatever feels right for the time of day and move past and through all of that ego that says we're done here. We need to get back to what we were doing. We need to get back on the path of walking wherever we're at or get back inside the house or go make dinner, move past that move past all of that until you 
until that discomfort, until that sense of urgency to leave moves through and you get to the other side and you're finally there and then you're at the seventh week, then you get there. That's really good. That's the seven weeks right there. That's what it feels like. I love that. It's so good. Everyone needs to do that. And when you, I think when you start, when you're talking to, I'm like, oh, I definitely feel that urge of like, okay, we we have to be done. Like we have to do the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I see people do that too. And it's like this, it is an urge. It's like an urge. Like that's just the word that comes to me when I think about that feeling. It's the urge to be like, okay, we're done with this next task. It's like that, it's that like addictive sort of energy of like onto the next thing so I don't have to be present. And I think that is such a powerful way, like as I was imagining doing that and what you're saying, like it's almost like releasing the grip, like you're releasing a grip of the urge to be busy, to like have that busyness addiction. And then finally, it's just like your hands are loose and you're there. Mm-hmm. It's and I think this is an American thing, a Western, because one of the guys helping me is from um in Europe, he's from a place in Europe, and we were actually sitting outside talking about how, you know, in other countries they have four hour dinners, you know they they savor the glass of wine and the bread and the salad and the one bite of appetizer, and they spend hours at cafes drinking coffee. They wouldn't even consider. Um, walking around and eating or drinking a cup of coffee. You sit for that. Yeah. And as we were talking about it, I thought about how beautiful it is to savor every sip of coffee and conversation, wherein I can spend two hours making dinner, five minutes eating it, and then I stand up and start doing the dishes. You know, and it's like, how fast can I get to the next thing? And mm. nothing is savored. Yeah. You know, nothing. And I was thinking about that when I was eating the other day is if you just eat slower, you actually get to taste it. You don't have to eat, you know, three cups of ice cream if you savor and take time and are present during the, you know, four or five bites of an actual serving size. If you just are present Slow down. Every bite matters and you don't need to extend the the time um, or the amount of food, extend the length of time, a time that it takes you to eat it. This is what seven weeks will do to your brain. Just so you guys know, this is what seven weeks looks like. You start paying attention because honestly, I don't really take a lot of time to eat. You know, it's lots of protein yogurts. It's lots of bananas. I'm here by myself, so it's not a lot of dinners. But but those are the simple pleasures too. Yeah. You know, like as I'm listening to you say that, I'm I'm thinking like, what do I do when I have more time? And it's you know, it's so funny. Somebody asked, I was a guest on someone's podcast yesterday, and they asked me what my retirement, what I want my retirement to look like, and I'm like, whoa. 
you mean when I don't have a lot of things to do, what would I like to do? Like, you know, cause that's really the question, right? Like that's what you're asking. And I was like, holy shit, that's a really good, like, I was like, I need to like journal on this. This is like, I'm not thinking that way. So it was just such a funny question, but we were talking about, you know, we were talking about that and I'm, I'm just like, I'm thinking about the slowdown and like, what do I like to do when I have time? And like, I love to cook. Mm. I love to cook and I never do because it's always just like, how quick can I get something on the table that everybody can eat really, really fast. Right. So it's like, if we just had a little more time, like if you just had a little more time, what would you do? Like, think about it. What would you do? Like what, even if it was just a little bit of time, like how would you, how would you savor what you were doing versus just getting through it? And I think if we can all just carve out a little bit of space, right? Like you don't need to go be away for seven weeks to do that. Like how can you carve out just a little bit of time to savor your life? What are we rushing for? You don't get this day back. Yeah. And that's funny. So that's like, actually the other thing that I was, I was thinking about this morning about talking to you about was you, you have had a post on TikTok that was about, um, there, you're never going to get there. There's no end game. There's no end game. Right. And I think this is like the perfect sort of tying this conversation in a bow is like, there is no end game. You're not going to be happy mm-hmm. when you're going to be happy during. Yep. So how do you want to slow down and savor your life? And you know, what a beautiful message that is. Yeah. I mean, there's no end game. There's no, I'm not getting anywhere. I don't get a prize at the end of this. And when you were just talking about retirement, what's funny is uh, like, what would you do if, you know, when you're done, right? What would you do if you didn't have to do X, Y, Z? And my answer is exactly what I'm doing. I wouldn't trade this for anything, If I didn't have to do this, I would still do this. I think it's a part of everything that I do is a part of who I am. My my career, my podcasting, my this island project, all of the things that I do, I would do if I didn't have to do it because technically, financially, I don't. Yeah. And I think that is interesting because it's the litmus test of I really do just enjoy it. I really am doing this. Like clearly there's financial motivation and freedom and energy exchange. Clearly there is a desire for a future of more freedom. And that is a absolute factor in all of this. I'm not denying that, but I still would be doing this if I didn't have to every bit of it. I don't have to wake up at five. I don't have to wake up at six. I don't have to do these things, but it is so part and parcel of creativity and creation and a goal and a vision that I can't imagine not doing it. Yeah. You know, I just can't like, like I have two more calls, I think after this, no, I have a call after this with a client and then someone's coming to hopefully buy the RV. And then like, I'm excited to go to Menards. Like I'm excited to go to Menards. You know what I mean? I'm excited for my workers to get here. I'm excited to be with the, done when I'm done with this podcast to see what the dirt looks like that he's, I see him walking back and forth, putting outside. I'm excited to see the sink put right up, you know, in this downstairs bathroom. I'm excited to see what the shears look like when I put them on the windows. Like these things, and, and this might sound like 
to, you know, to the listeners. But when you walk into a bedroom and the the sun shines in through those, you know, white sheer curtains, to me, that's magic. I mean, that is magical to see the sun coming through like that. To me, it's it's magical to see a toothpaste brush holder that matches the, you know, <laughs> the hardware on the new vanity <laughs> that I bought, you know, or the lights that I picked out looking just a certain way. And it, it feeds my soul. It feeds, it's, you know, now that my kid, my youngest is about to be 12 in a couple of weeks here, you know, I think that this project or projects of my future. These are my next children. You know, these are my creation. This is my way of still experiencing creation. And I think for women and, you know, men too, we have to flex that muscle of creativity, be it through art or design, fashion, whatever it is, because it feeds our soul. You know, it, Mm -hmm. it makes us feel alive. And I think that, um, we, we get away from that. Sometimes we follow the Instagrammers. We do exactly what they do. You know, we can use them as inspiration, but, you know, I think it's important to go and follow what you, what feeds your soul, be it pottery or welding or, you know, selling cars. It doesn't matter what it is, but if it feeds your soul, then I think you're on the right path. Yes. So good. So good. And in the meantime, the other house kitchen was just completely demoed yesterday. So they filled an entire dumpster yesterday of my old kitchen and laundry room. So I'm interested to see what that's going on over there. So that's a lot going on. There's so much. Didn't you say you got like a download or a message that you would be living there at some point? Uh, Yeah. In the island house or in the other one? Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's funny because a lot of times when I'm doing stuff, like yesterday I moved in here. No, the day before yesterday I moved in here because they're living at the other house while they work on it. And I was like, uh, this is the first night I'm spending the night in the island house, but it hit different. It didn't hit like, it didn't hit the same way. It hit a little different than just staying here. Like, and I'm not saying I'm not, you know, going to be Airbnb in it, but it it felt, I don't know, it felt a little bit more eternal, you know, and it's not like I can't, I'm not going home. My kids are in, you know, 3000 sports. They're in middle school. They're in their thing. Like they're, they're not leaving their friends and their life. And I respect and honor that my husband has a full-time job downtown Chicago, but, um, you know, that doesn't mean that in a few years we won't be here or at least, you know, part of the time you will see. Yeah. It will unfold. It will definitely unfold. You know, this morning when I woke up and I put a video up on social, the the mist on top of the lake with the sunrise and the Canadian geese and swans swimming around, that mist is reminds you that that we live in a magical place that is for us. And to not get so outside of ourselves and into the busy that that we don't connect with nature and we don't connect with the grass, we don't connect with water, that we 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 allow ourselves to be present in this beautiful place, you know, in in earth, inside of even if it's just a sunrise or a sunset, like just take a minute, 
take a minute and go outside and see the stars. That's one thing. We do not have light pollution here either. So the stars are just, I, I don't have blinds on my windows. And so when I go to bed at night, the moon is literally shining through my window there. And I'm just like, it's, it's literally like magic. And I want to, I do want to share this with people because I think it is really special and I'm I'm excited to share it with people who want to come here and and experience it a little bit. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So like before we close out, why don't you let people know about what you have going on there this summer? I put on uh, social media yesterday as a kick in the pants or or the day before um, that I'm going to be hosting a retreat sometime in July and sometime in August. I still haven't had time to look at the calendar to pick out some dates. And um, it'll be three days, two nights, all meals included, even if that means we're making them ourselves. I don't know if there's too many chefs around here to bring us food, Um, but that will be included. And it's going to be double occupancy for the most part. And I only have seven spots per retreat so that everyone gets their own bed. Um, Six now because I'm coming. (laughs) Allison's like, I will be Be there. there. But yeah, I I plan on doing sound bowls in the barn, um, which the acoustics will be insane. I am Mm -hmm. so excited for that. I suspect we'll be doing yoga in the mornings, maybe some boating, kayaking, some mean, you know, workshops, Q&A sessions. So it'll be it'll be a nice 3-day, you know, moment. You know, we own 20 acres, so have at it, walk in the woods, get lost, get dirty, go fishing, like all the things are here. And so I think it'll be a really cool time to connect and uh so yeah, that's that's my plan. And in the fall, I will amp that up to even like more retreats, even if they're like longer or um, maybe more days, because there are like, you know, maybe we'll do like a soul sister retreat, which is like a little bit more like fun energy. I stole that soul sister from my friends, Maddie Maple and Bianca, where it's it's just a little bit more like laid back, you know, maybe, maybe doing some winery tours, you know, we'll we'll play with it. It won't all be It'll serious. Be so fun! I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, come vacation with me. Come vacation. I'm so excited! Not only to experience because I know you're going to put together some amazing things, but just kind of connecting with your story and and that the space that you're at. So I'm really excited, and I'm sure other people are too. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Well, thank you so much yeah. for bringing the topic again, Allison. You never, you never cease to amaze me. I love it so much. (laughs) Well, it's so fun. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. I'll see you guys here next week. And Allison will be back because I have no desire to come up with a topic. So she's here for us. (laughs) See you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.